Welcome to Midday Magazine for December 13th. I'm Jordan Lewis. The Petersburg Fish and Game Advisory Committee voted to extend the bow hunting season for deer at a meeting December 3rd. The proposal would extend the season by two months starting earlier in the fall. KFSK reports. The proposal would move the start of the bow hunting season for deer in the Petersburg management area from October to August. That area, which surrounds the town, allows for bow hunting south of Hagen Drive and 100 yards away from any buildings or roads. The State Department was neutral on the proposal. The committee decided to bring the bow hunting proposal to the Alaska Board of Game, which makes the final decision. The board is currently set to meet in Ketchikan on January 20th through 24th to consider Southeast proposals. The rifle season for deer in other areas on Midcuff Island is from October 1st to November 7th. The local advisory committee also discussed potentially opening an elk hunt on four islands in the region. The elk aren't indigenous to southeast Alaska. They were introduced to the islands in 1987. Zarembo, Bushy, Shrubby, and the Kashavarov Islands have been closed to elk hunting because of low numbers of elk since 2006. The committee voted in support of a hunt, but will suggest that hunting permits be limited until the populations can be assessed. The State Department is opposed to opening the elk hunt. The committee considered removing some of the antler regulations for the central southeast moose hunt, but ultimately decided against it. The proposal would have allowed moose to be harvested with damaged, broken, or altered antlers. The antler restrictions have been in place to discourage the modification of antlers from illegal bulls in order to make them fit with regulations. The committee considered two separate proposals to open up the Petersburg Creek drainage area to black bear hunting. The drainage area is the only area that is closed specifically for black bears. At the meeting, some members of the public spoke out against black bear hunting in the area and said they go there to watch black bears in the wild. The committee decided to leave the area closed for black bear hunting. The meeting agenda with proposals is posted on our website, kfsk.org, along with this story. The Petersburg School Board will have its regular meeting at 6 p.m. tonight in the Middle and High School Library. KFSK will broadcast that meeting live. KFSK's Rachel Cassandra has more about what's on the agenda for today. Petersburg's 6th grade robotics team competed on December 3rd. They received a Team Innovation Award and took third place in the competition. They'll present their project to the board. The school hired a paraprofessional, a maintenance tech, and assigned a varsity cheer coach this past month. Superintendent Erica Klute-Painter will share her report. The school is opening a mid-year comment period. They're asking for feedback from students, parents, and the Petersburg community. Administrators hope people will discuss concerns in person before submitting feedback on the website. Starting in December, that feedback link will be available on the school district website at pcsd.us. The feedback period runs until April. Clute Painter will discuss emerging concerns about school attendance in the wake of COVID disruptions. And she's requesting that the COVID policy for the school be adjusted. This would be in line with current CDC recommendations. The policy would be changed to say that if a student visits the medical center, they may return by the date the medical center suggests. Otherwise, they must wait five days, which is the current policy. The school will implement new reading requirements based on Governor Dunleavy's Alaska Reads Act. It's aimed at raising literacy levels in Alaska schools. The Reads Act includes new requirements for schools, so Petersburg will make adjustments to the curriculum and student testing. 
The board will present the school's new cybersecurity and data protection policy and updates to the tobacco-free schools policy. The school has plans for a district-wide evacuation drill rehearsing active shooter situations in January. Students completed training for active shooter situations in November. Clute Painter will also give an update on the school roof project. Elementary school principal Heather Kahn plans to discuss her concerns about meeting the requirements of Alaska Reads Act. She and Clute Painter will be hosting forums in January to help figure out how to work with families to meet all the requirements. The middle and high schools are currently addressing equity questions, making sure students have equal opportunities to take advantage of educational opportunities. Middle and high school principal Ambler Moss says the school has identified some students who are not thriving to their full academic potential because of outside life circumstances. They're working on helping those families and students. Moss will also share his concerns about extended school absences over the holidays, Class absences often hurt academic performance for kids. Moss is also anticipating the work that will go into renewing Cognia accreditation, which happens about every five years. Cognia is a nonprofit that accredits schools in the U.S. Badminton may shift from a club to an official sport because it's now state-sanctioned, and volleyball coach Bev Zirks will be named Alaska's NFHS Coach of the Year. The list of teachers offered contracts next year will be approved for both tenured and non-tenured faculty. And art teacher Ashley Lohr is requesting a leave of absence for the upcoming school year. The board will discuss the final list of who will be on the strategic planning committee. The committee will meet in January and will be about 18 to 20 people. The district holds sessions like this typically every five years. The committee is focused on high-level goals like making sure all students feel safe and valued and all graduates leave school prepared for their futures. In Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. Again, Petersburg School Board will meet this evening at 6 in the middle in High School Library. KFSK will broadcast that meeting live and will post the recording on our website at kfsk.org. And tune in later for Campus Connection. Reporter Rachel Cassandra will be joined by Erica Klutpainter and Sarah Holgram to discuss what's going on in the schools. That's at 12.30, following this program, Midday Magazine. The statewide advisory board to the Alaska Marine Highway System voted December 2nd to spend more in 2024. But as Coast Alaska's Angela Denning reports, the labor shortages could hamstring the effort to improve the service after years of cost-cutting. The nearly $160 million approved by the Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board would allow all but one of the state's nine ferries to sail during the busy summer tourism season. One vessel would be kept idle to fill in during maintenance layups. The board's unanimous vote comes ahead of the anticipated release of the governor's proposed budget. That'll be a starting point for lawmakers who will consider the state's overall spending plan when the state legislature convenes next month. We're talking an entire calendar year away before this would even be in effect. That's Rob Carpenter, deputy commissioner of the state's Department of Transportation. He works closely with the ferry board. The board's 2024 budget recommendation is more costly than the last five years. It would be about $14 million more than 2023, but have 27 less service weeks. The operations board was created by the legislature last year to make recommendations to the marine highway system. The board has talked extensively over the past several months about the need for improvements. There are a lot of people, a lot of communities who feel that promises have been made with regard to the Alaska Marine Highway System 
that they believe those promises have been broken. The ferry system is in a very dire, dire straits right now at the moment. That's board members Captain Keith Hillard in Winnetta Airs in September. At the board's meeting this month, they considered four operating plans for 2024, each with a different price tag and number of ferries. Plan A would have all nine vessels running. Plan D would be a reduction in service. Plan B and C were in between. Board Chair Shirley Marcourt said she supported Plan B. And option B, I think, is really justifiable in terms of going to the legislature. The state's marine highway system has been suffering from a labor shortage. In February, the state contracted with a job replacement company to help hire new people. Board member Paul Johnson questioned whether the system would have enough staff to crew the eight vessels in Plan B. Deputy Commissioner Carpenter was optimistic. We're still aggressively pursuing all the hiring we can and... uh... You know, I think we have to budget or plan for that. We have full crew and then adjust as necessary when we get there. The board unanimously supported Plan B for the 2024 operating plan. It's expected to have no service gaps. The recommendation will be sent as a letter to the DOT commissioner's office. It will also be included in the board's short-range plan. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. You can see the plans that the Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board considered on our website, kfsk.org. The board's next meeting is January 6th. They take public comment in all their regular meetings. The Sitka Planning Commission is recommending safety improvements as part of its plan for next year's cruise season. They also want the city to once again consider the restroom situation. The commission approved a draft of the plan at a meeting on Wednesday, December 7th, and is seeing it to the Assembly for review. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Next year, the city will likely see another uptick in tourism, with more than half a million visitors expected to cruise to Sitka. In response, the Planning Commission is recommending the city stay the course with the main downtown thoroughfare, Lincoln Street, closing the road on days with 5,000 or more cruise passengers. They're also recommending safety improvements to Harbor Drive, like more pedestrian crossings and signage and crossing guards. And they want alternate locations considered for the three temporary restrooms that were parked downtown all summer. In a survey conducted at the end of the summer, tour buses, traffic safety and congestion topped Sitkin's lists of concerns. Most cruise passengers arrive in downtown Sitka via shuttle from the privately owned cruise terminal out Halibut Point Road. And terminal owner Chris McGraw wants to cut back on the congestion at the main drop-off, Harrigan Centennial Hall, by adding another drop-off point downtown. At a recent assembly meeting, he said that Baranoff Elementary School might work as a secondary location. Commissioner Katie Riley felt the commission should oppose the school as a drop-off point in their plan. I'm really not supportive of like that particular facility being used because that is a street that like, uh, you know, people live on. There's a bunch of kids that play on that street. There's the playground that's used for kids. There's Pacific High that's building a school in there. I think that we need to be supportive of, um, you know, maintaining the uh, environment of Sitka as for residents, as for, you know, supporting our children and youth that are growing up in this community that are going to live here. Riley agreed that dispersal of the passengers is a major issue, but she wanted other locations to be considered as alternate drop-off points. And Commission member Wendy Alderson agreed. I agree 100%. And I think those diesel idling old buses um, that will be pulling through there and idling and, 
it's just we're already a no idle zone in the schools. So that just exacerbates that problem. But Commission Chair Chris Spivey pushed back. I'm not going to I'm not going to lean one way or the other on that one. As far as disbursement, disbursement is is the biggest issue that, in my opinion, we need to be open minded and focus on. Because that's become the biggest problem that we've seen just this summer alone is is the disbursement issue. And so I don't want to say I'm not going to lean one way or the other, but I think we need to remain open minded as far as especially during the extremely busy portions of the summer. Unable to reach a consensus, the commission didn't amend their plan to oppose a drop-off at Baranoff Elementary School. But planning director Amy Ainsley said that if the cruise terminal pursued the school further, there would be a more involved public process. The use of city property through a lease, which, you know, any anything like this would, would require a lease of the property, is going to have a separate public process. Mm-hmm. Um, the planning commission in its land management responsibility would be reviewing a, a potential lease. And, and again, with it being, again, in, in theory, being tied to tourism would be extra pertinent to make sure that it goes through this commission and then discussed it at the assembly as well. Ainsley said if a private location was identified, the city's involvement would be less, but the police chief would still have to approve any new bus stops on local streets. The Planning Commission approved its draft plan for 2023 with few changes. The Sitka Assembly must vote on the plan before any change could take effect. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. A Fairbanks man has been sentenced to six and a half years in federal prison for fraud and identity theft. A release from the Alaska U.S. Attorney's Office says 26-year-old Jared Wilkes Post was ordered to pay at least $100,000 in restitution to banks and other victims that Post and a co-conspirator defrauded between 2017 and 2021. It says Post contacted people he perceived as vulnerable, including elderly individuals, and convinced them to share bank information so he could deposit a check, offering them a portion of the money in return. He would then deposit stolen and fraudulently altered checks and withdraw the money before they were flagged by banks. The release says anyone who believes they may have been a victim of the scheme and entitled to restitution, may contact the FBI Anchorage Field Office. A district court will hold a hearing in 90 days to set a federal restitution amount order. The National Fraud Hotline provides a personalized support to victims of financial fraud at 833-372-8311. For KFSK, I'm Jordan Lewis.